from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, President of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Be sure to download our ministry app where you can watch all of our programs and find other great biblical content. Just go to the app store for your mobile device and search for D. James Kennedy Ministries. Have you ever tried to explain something to a person who knows nothing about it? This usually happens with small children who have endless questions and are struggling to understand exactly what you're telling them. In those instances, one of the best methods to use is to offer clear descriptions of what you're trying to tell them, describing the physical attributes or characteristics of this particular thing will help develop a mental image in their mind. On top of that, you can also compare and contrast those attributes with other things that they already have an understanding of. This will help make clear distinctions in that person's mind. Naturally, it's far easier to explain something to someone when the words we are using have clear meanings. But today, it seems that we no longer live in a time where words have universally agreed upon meanings. And in some cases, these changing meanings are disingenuous, purposely twisting to further an agenda. How do we communicate truth in such an atmosphere? Young people today are being indoctrinated with the notion that there are no absolutes, Everything is relative, and what's right for you isn't necessarily right for me. Dr. Kennedy speaks to this dilemma with his message, The New Tolerance. And now may we hear the Word of God as it's found in the fifth chapter of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 5, we shall begin our reading with verse 16 the infallible word of the living God. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, and God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner, and the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. Verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. And may God speak to us from this brief reading of his holy word, and may his name ever be praised. Amen. I think it's important, like the groundhog to every once in a while stick our heads up, look around and find out what's going on. And 
in case some of you missed it, we just passed into a totally new age. We passed through the age of modernity, modernism, and we are now in the post-modern age. You may remember that modernism, rationalism, as it sometimes would call, the age of reason, is supposed to have begun, or at least dated, at the fall of the Bastille and the end of the tyranny of France. And it lasted until that new scientific rationalistic world, no longer the age of faith, but now the age of reason and modernism, reached its pinnacle in the atheistic, scientific, evolutionary, socialistic USSR, the Soviet Union. And modernism, that age is dated to have ended with the collapse of the Berlin Wall in 80. So now we're in the postmodern age. I wonder how many of you noticed that. Did you miss that? Got to stick your head up more often and look around. For example, you might look around and find out what's being taught to your children. It's a new age, folks. It's altogether different. If you think things are the same as they were, oh, oh, have you got a surprise coming. Someone said that there's one thing that's being taught to our children today. From kindergarten through graduate school, there's one lesson that they're learning. It is the dominant theme of the postmodern curriculum. You know what it is? Tolerance. And so tolerance is the idea, said one of their writers in the book Teaching Tolerance, the only idea which is universally universally relevant to every class. It belongs everywhere in the curriculum, and teachers are being told how to teach it in every single subject. From history to literature to mathematics, the children are learning tolerance. You say, well, gee, that's wonderful. We're all in favor of tolerance. Of course we are. At least tolerance as we've always known tolerance to be. And the dictionary defines it for us. Tolerance is being willing to to put up with, endure, bear with those whose views or lifestyles are different from yours without agreeing with them. And every Christian should be tolerant in the correct and historical meaning of that word. It's what the Bible means in the love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, which says, love endureth all things. Every Christian should be tolerant. It is the sign of a gentleman to put up with people who have strange ideas or even strange habits or customs though you don't agree with them. But if you think that's what 
is being taught in the curricula of this country, you are very wrong. The New Tolerance is the title of a book by Josh McDowell, which I recommend for every one of you to read. It's the principal source of research for this message, and I think it's vitally important that we read it. The future of this country in a very strong way depends on our understanding what's happening to young people today, and it has a great deal to do with tolerance. The new tolerance means this. Not only do you put up with and endure and bear with those who have different views, habits, and or lifestyle than your own, but you agree with their views as well. Furthermore, you hold that their views are equally as valid and as true as your views. And furthermore, that their lifestyle is equally true and equally valid with your own. And therefore, there's no possible way that you could be intolerant because there's nothing to be intolerant of. And furthermore, you must even be willing to promote and endorse that other lifestyle since it is every bit as good as yours. Now you say, well, that, that's a totally foreign ideology that I never even heard of it before. I guarantee your children have heard about it. They're hearing about it all the time. Now how can this be? Well, it begins with the idea that there is no absolute truth. And as our University of Chicago professor told us in the blockbuster, The Closing of the American Mind, in the first page, the first chapter, the first sentence, he says, the one thing that all high school graduates have come to believe, and every college professor can be assured that they believe when they enter into college, is this, there are no absolutes. Everything is relative. That's the one thing they've learned. Now, therefore, one kind of lifestyle is as good as another kind of lifestyle. Uh, 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 you mustn't judge because there's no absolute standard to judge by. Well, you know, it's interesting if you ask them why, how they know that, they may say to you, as I told this at the speech at Yale a couple of years ago, that uh, where have you been? Haven't you ever heard of Albert Einstein, they might tell you? Don't you know about the theory of relativity and that Einstein said all things are relative? No, he didn't. This is what Einstein said. Quote, relativity has to do with physics, not ethics, unquote. He was appalled to find people applying relativity to the moral realm. But they have. And so therefore, everything is relative. There are no absolute truths or standards or morality. And so consequently, you can't look on their views as inferior to yours 
you must agree that they're equal. Now, I'm sure that as I'm saying these things, there are instances that are leaping to your mind of times when you have run into this in talking with people about different things. You will more in the future. There is no truth. There are no moral absolutes. And the important thing is my feelings. And that brings us to the fact that there are not even any universal truths for, of any kind for people. And whatever truths we have are simply societal constructs that each community or society or nation has created. And these do not apply beyond the borders of that culture. All morality is culturally created and culturally defined. This is why I have repeatedly said that tolerance is the last virtue of a depraved society. Tolerance is the last virtue of a depraved society. When you have an immoral society who has blatantly proudly violated all of the commandments of God, there's one last virtue they insist upon, tolerance for their immorality. And they will not have you condemning what they have done as being wrong. And they've created a whole world construct in which it's not. And in which they are no longer the criminal or the villain or the evil person, but you are. And so they call evil good and good evil. And believe me, that's just the beginning. If you have find fault with, with a thief and you would criticize his stealing, though as a Christian we would want to love him, then you are finding fault with him, not merely what he does. The same thing is true of a homosexual. You cannot have a rational discussion of the rightness or wrongness of homosexuality because if you find any fault with it, you're finding fault with that person who will tell you that what I do is what I am and you cannot divide between the two and the over overwhelming majority of high school students in America believe that. They believe it passionately. They have been thoroughly indoctrinated with that idea. Does it matter? We're going down the hill. Yes, it matters. Because you see, in criticizing that person, when you're criticizing what he believes or what he does, you are hurting his feelings. You are demonstrating hatefulness to him, and that is a hate crime. Now, my friends, Christianity is the most loving religion in the world. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, gave his life. God gives to us eternal life. God forgives us and he urges us to love others, to love our friends, to love our enemies, to love even those that kill us. But Christianity is an absolute religion.
And by the way, all of these strictures do not apply to other religions, only to Christianity, because that is the only absolute religion. You can belong to three or four of other of the world's religions at the same time. But God is a jealous God, and he will not have any other gods before him. And all of the gods of the heathen, he says, are but idols. Idols! But God says, I am Jehovah. There's none like me. Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That statement alone could one day in America could have landed him in jail because it is absolutist. How many people you day, today you see who want to say, that well, all religions are basically the same. There's a theological term for that. It's called hogwash. That's a direct translation from the Greek. And it only reveals the ignorance of the person that makes that statement. Gautama Buddha died for no one. Lao Tse died for no one. Confucius died for no one. Mohammed died for no one. Only Christ died for the sins of the world. Only Christ rose again from the dead. Only Christ offers eternal life freely to those that will trust in him. Christianity is diametrically opposite from all of the other world's religions in those things that really matter. But because it is absolute and not relative, it is Christianity against which all of this that I have mentioned is aimed. And it's like being corralled like sheep to the slaughter. Most of the sheep, they don't even know what's happening. Wake up! You did, didn't you? Good. Dear friends, for 40 years I have urged this congregation to be faithful to the Great Commission of sharing the gospel with a needy world, a needy nation. Many of you have been indescribably faithful in doing that year after year, decade after decade. But even more of you, no way. You haven't led anybody to Christ last year. Some of you haven't led anybody to Christ in the last 70 years. You're going to find out what's at the end of the road of disobedience to the Great Commission. It's time that we stood up 
for Jesus Christ and showed some backbone while we still have a place to stand. May we stand. Father, oh God, the need is so great, the hour is late. Help us, we pray, to have the courage that Christ alone can give us, to be unafraid. He said, fear not, I am with you, I will never leave you. Help us, O oh God, to stand up for his truth, to tell people that it is not true that everything is relative. God is not relative. His word is not relative. His son is not relative. These are the ultimate absolutes. And unless we hear them and heed them, we shall absolutely find that that stone shall fall upon us. Oh God, we pray for America that true religious liberty may again prevail and that the truth of Christ may inundate this nation as never before. I pray this in his most holy name. Amen. As Dr. Kennedy just shared, only Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. He alone rose from the dead and offers eternal life freely to all those who will trust in him. Have you placed your trust in Jesus Christ alone? If not, I invite you to do so today. What that means is to stop trusting in your own goodness or efforts to get into heaven. Because of our sin nature, we can't earn our way into heaven and we certainly don't deserve it. That's where Christ comes in, paying for our sin and offering us peace with God now and for all eternity. If you'd like to receive this incredible gift, Pray with me this prayer right now, saying, Lord Jesus Christ, I know that I have sinned in my thoughts and my actions. I am sorry. Please forgive me. I place my trust in you alone and thank you for the gift of eternal life. In your name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, let me be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And to help you in your newfound faith, we have a special gift just for you. It's Beginning Again, the book written by Dr. Kennedy for new believers. To receive your copy, just write to the address on your screen or call our toll-free number and be sure to ask for Beginning Again. God bless you as you do. Is it your desire to see the truth of Christ inundate this nation as never before? so that true religious liberty prevails? When so many are denying the very idea of absolute truth, it's going to require people like us to stand up while we still have a place to stand. 
And that is our aim, standing for truth and defending your freedom. We have a great new resource that we would like to send you. It's the book, Confronting Lies and Hate, Responding with Truth and Grace, by veteran Christian journalist Robert Knight. The idea that Christians are motivated by hate is a false and slanderous charge made by those on the left trying to silence believers. And we must refute it. It's a redefinition of the word hate, and it's an insidious one. This powerful book shows you what's behind this false accusation and provides biblical responses to those charges. The book is an ideal tool for those navigating these perilous times, and it will also make a great gift for a child or grandchild in college, where these sorts of attacks are at their worst. We'll send you Confronting Lies and Hate, Responding with Truth and Grace by Robert Knight as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. As you donate, you will also be helping us move forward in our federal lawsuit against the Southern Poverty Law Center, which has falsely designated us as a hate group because we stand for biblical marriage. We have filed suit because we cannot let these utterly false and defamatory charges of hate stand. We are entering the very critical and expensive discovery phase of our lawsuit peering behind the curtain of the SPLC's expansive lies, deceit, and hate. Already we have discovered enough to know that their internal mission is to utterly destroy biblically-based Christian organizations and ministries like ours who dare to speak out for biblical values. But they have vast resources. This is our David and Goliath moment and we need you to stand with us. If you are able to give a generous donation of $50 or more, we will send you the book, Confronting Lies and Hate, Responding with Truth and Grace, as well as the DVD, Prophets of Hate, the Southern Poverty Law Center, newly updated and expanded. This special program exposes the true agenda of the SPLC and how they make enormous financial profits by stoking fear and lodging false accusation. That's the brand new book, Confronting Lies and Hate, Responding with Truth and Grace, as well as the updated and expanded DVD, Prophets of Hate, the Southern Poverty Law Center, as our thanks for your generous donation of $50 or more to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. 
Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD or audio CD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.